Time Children's Church can be dismissed. Miss Janet Grenade, go join Miss Janet in the back. As every child in this church has forever known her as Mammers, go y'all go join Mammers. I think everyone probably knows her as Mammers, Mammers before they do Janet. Thank you, Miss Janet. All right, at this time, we want to take a moment to honor all of those who have served. So all of our veterans in the church. We know Veterans Day was on Friday, but we would love to honor you today. So if you are a veteran and served in the military, will you please stand up? Let's hear it for them, guys. We at Crossroads want to thank each one of you for your service, and we have a gift bag for you guys. Thank you so much for your sacrifice for this country. Let's hear it from them one more time, y'all. All right, good morning, everybody. It's good to see all of you. Um, I thank all of you are family. I think everyone's a familiar face, so good morning. It's great to see all of you. Great to have our family back today. Um, two quick things before we get started today. Number one is we have a fundraiser meal for our community center project coming. Did Gerald not get a bag? Mr. You got him, Bella? Thank you. Bella's got it. Thank you, Miss Valerie. I appreciate you. Um, on November 30th, we have a fundraiser meal uh, for our community center project as we are still raising money for phase two of that project. Oh, by the way, construction for the playground will start on November 28th. So hopefully by that first week of December, the playground will be up. That's phase one and then a couple more phases. So I'm really excited. Uh, once that is up in the new year, we're going to do a big cookout for the community and let everyone know we're here to have all the kids come out and play. So we're really Really excited about that. We're really looking forward for that. I'm very hyped up. Um, but November 30th, uh, from 5 to 7 p.m., we are having a donations-only fundraiser. Um, what will be on the menu is, as far as I know, it will be old-fashioned beef stew. Is that right? And a whole bunch of sides. But y'all know the people in this church can cook. Y'all know that is a fact. Yes, clap for that. Church food is the best food. Uh, but that will be November 30th, all right, from 5 to 7 p.m., donations only. Y'all please invite your friends and family and get them out here for a good meal. And today we are doing our Seawalk Culture class. I know we missed October because of sickness, um, but we are doing our Seawalk Culture class after church today. For those of you who have already um, been involved in it and would like to for the first time, that will be happening directly after church. Will y'all stand with me one more time as we pray today? Would you please lift your hands to the Father with me as we prepare to receive? Father, we just thank you for another day to be alive. We thank you for another day to gather with our church family. And Father, I know life is hard. I had a hard week. I pray if anyone is coming in here after a really hard week, that they would just experience your presence like never before. 
that they would feel the comfort of their heavenly father, the one that loves them, the one that cares for them, the one that provides for them, that they would know they're not alone, but he is always with us. And so, Father, I just pray you take that heaviness off of our shoulders because your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so today, I just pray that we would take off the burdens of the world and pick up the light burden of Christ today. That we would just feel light. We would feel good. We would feel your grace and mercy, not feeling condemned or judged, but feeling loved and cared for. And so, Father, today, I just pray that we don't keep things bottled up to the point of depression, but that we truly acknowledge our anxieties because you care for us and you see us and you love us. And so, Father, I just pray you prepare us to receive today that if the hardships of this past week are weighing on our minds, you clear our minds. You prepare us to receive what Holy Spirit has for us today so then we can then go and be the light in a dark world. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you reside inside of us, the mystery of union with Christ, and we just thank you today. In mighty name we pray, amen and amen. So last week, we started our series, Children of Light, and we had talked about the purpose of this series. The whole purpose is because the holiday season is coming up. Right, And so for some of you, that's really hard because you've lost loved ones. For some of you, that's really hard because you may be estranged from family and y'all may be trying to work out those relationships right now. Um, but the whole purpose of this series is that we go into the holiday season with these family members we may only see her once or twice a year. And we become very intentional with how we live and what we say. And I think it's important that this is kind of just, you know, the diving board to get into the deep end for us because it really matters that you live this way all year round, not just the holiday season. I thought this was the perfect time to wet our feet in this. And I pray that as we talked about last week, that you have been abiding in him this week. And what did we say abiding is, right? It's intentionally, actively, and continually being aware of his nearness. He never leaves you. He doesn't somehow drop on you when you come into church. He doesn't somehow leave you when you leave the building, right? We are the church. When we exit, guess who goes with us? He goes with us and he comes with us. We don't have to beg him to fall upon us. We don't have to beg him to be in our presence. You can't get out of his presence. And when we come to the awareness of that, that is when we truly start to abide in him. And so I pray this week you have been abiding. Last week was a lot more practical. This week I, I, I hope we can dive deeper into some things. Um, but this week we're going to be talking about illuminate. So week two is illuminate. Um, but Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, this was our starting passage last week. And I just want to read that real quickly. For you were once darkness. Once past tense, but now, present tense, you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, by being in Christ Jesus, now, because of the fact that we abide in him, you are now, I'm going to keep saying now because we need to understand this is present tense, not one day in the future, not one day in the by and by, now in this present moment, because of your relation to Christ, you can now radiate his light and illuminate the darkness. I think oftentimes we as Christians in the modern day, we feel so overwhelmed by what's going on in our nation, right? We just had, we just had election, people freaking out, wondering where's this nation going to go? Where are we going? Well, guess what? No matter which way this nation goes, you're going to be okay, 
Because we know at the end of the day, at the end of time, we know who reigns. We know where our hope lies. We know where the joy of our hope is. And it's in Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And now because of the fact that you reside in him and you abide in him, now we radiate. What does that mean? We shine forth and now we illuminate the darkness. What does that mean? We're shining light on the darkness. So the whole purpose of this week is now through abiding, right? Because we're building on something here. It starts off, you can't, you can't radiate something you haven't spent time in. Anytime in scripture we see anyone who, who saw the Lord, right, saw the glory of the Lord, what happened? They radiated the glory of the Lord. I guarantee you abide in him and you will radiate what he is. So the fact of the matter is when we abide in him, we radiate love. We radiate light and we radiate life. It's really hard to speak death over people when you spent so much time in him. Why? Because there's no death in him. He defeated death. Death no longer exists in Christ Jesus. And so now because of our relation to Christ Jesus, the fact that we are now one with Christ Jesus through union, through what Jesus has done, nothing we have done, now we are able to illuminate the path. I think sometimes we get caught up in ourselves and our own families that we forget we are now the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Well, what, Jesus, wait, you were the light of the world. Yes, but now he resides in you. Now you are the light of the world. Why? Because he no longer in bodily form resides in the earth. You do. And who are you? You are the body of the Christ. You are the body of the anointed one. And now we are to live as Christ lived. And now through this, we now illuminate. So what does illuminate mean? It means this right here. To make something visible or bright by shining light on it. To light up, to help clarify or explain. So now we as children of light, now we're children of light. Not someday in the future, not one day we will be. But now your present identity is a child of light. And now because of this, we are able to illuminate the darkness. Let's go to point number one, will you, Jay? Listen, point number one is this, identity in the light. First Peter 2, 9 through 12. This is First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among non-believers. So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God on the day of visitation. So I want to hit on a couple things. Verse 9 tells us this. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner any longer. You are a saint. This is not the Roman Catholic Church where some people are saints and some people are still sinners. In Christ Jesus, the word sinner doesn't even exist. It's not here any longer. That, that identity, you are now a new creation. How could you possibly be a sinner anymore if you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus? You may say, well, I don't feel like a saint. Y'all, I usually don't feel like a saint. 
but I don't determine what my identity is in Christ Jesus. I know what the objective truth is. Now I am a saint in Christ Jesus. And so you say, well, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. You know, Josiah, I'm stuck in this. But listen, this is what scripture says you are. You ready for this? You are a chosen people. You are chosen. I need you to hear this. You are chosen. You may feel alone. You may feel like you are stuck in the outskirts. You may feel like an outcast, but you are chosen. You are a royal priest. Some of y'all are saying, I ain't studied my Bible in a year. I don't feel like a priest. Well, guess what? You may not feel that way, but that's what you are in Christ Jesus. You say, no, I'm a sinner. No, you're not. You are a royal priest. What does that mean? Did you know where the royal priest used to reside? In the palace. I need you to hear this. You reside in the palace of your father as a heavenly priest. You are a holy nation. I sure don't feel holy. I sure don't feel set apart most days. I find myself stuck in things that I can't get out of. Guess what? You are a holy nation in Christ Jesus. You are a people for God's own possession. How much more special could you be than a possession, his own personal possession? The God of the universe has chosen you. He has made you to be a royal priest. He has called you holy, and now you are his own possession. Now, this is much different than the identity we carry as American Christians majority of the time. And you say, well, Josiah, I'm stuck in sin. Well, let me tell you something about sin. Sin is due to a broken identity. I'm going to tell you this right now. When you know who you are, it's much easier to abstain from things that are beneath you. When I didn't realize I was a son of God, I was stuck in pornography. I did not realize that pornography was beneath me. You are not a sin manager in Christ Jesus. You are a sin destroyer in Christ Jesus. God did not free you so you would live defeated. God freed you so you would live victoriously. And so when I'm constantly claiming I'm a sinner, when I'm constantly claiming my sin, I'm a pornography addict, I'm a drug addict. When you claim that identity, your identity will forever be broken. So what you label yourself is how you will live. But that's not what God calls you. Even in the midst of your junk, I need y'all to hear this because we, we condemn ourselves more than anyone else. Even in the midst of our junk, even in the midst of our mess, God looks at you and says, you are chosen. You are a royal priest. You are a holy person in my nation. And you are my own possession. And there's something so special about this. The end of this verse says this, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. So why were we created? For the purpose of glorifying him. But I love the way it says this, of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to talk about a thing called, how he calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. First off, that word marvelous literally means astounding. Like, it's, it's hard for your eyes to even behold how amazing it is. But the fact of the matter is that he calls you in your worst moments. When you are the deepest in darkness, when you are the deepest in depression, in anxiety, in lust, would you name it, whatever it may be that your darkness is in this present moment, even in the deepest depths of that darkness, first off, you can't even get out of his presence no matter how deep you go. And even in the deepest moments of that darkness, he calls you. 
you are not too far gone for Jesus. Even in the darkest moments, in those darkest places, he calls us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, I didn't do anything to deserve it. He don't care. He still calls you. I didn't do anything to earn it. He doesn't care. He still calls you. I'm not good enough. Who's heard this one? I got to clean my life up before I come to God. He doesn't care. He still calls you out of the darkness. He doesn't call you to clean yourself up. He calls you into the light that then makes all things visible. And there is no darkness in the light. And through his light, your darkness is now dissolved. He never calls you to make yourself better before you can come to him. He calls you to himself because he will make you a whole new creation. And in this, this this is our God. I love verse 10. For you once, past tense, were not a people, but now present tense, you are the people of God. You had not received past tense, but now you have received mercy, present tense. Verse 11, there, there's something important we didn't know. I, I know I preach God is love, he is love. I know I preach God is light, he is light. I know I preach God is life, he is life. But there is a war being waged against your soul. Verse 11 tells us this right here. You ready? There is a war being waged against your soul. Yes, I preach a really big God and a really little devil. I preach a really big cross and a really small sin. But the fact of the matter is that there are things after your soul. That's one thing we have to be very careful of in this darkness because the darkness seeks to devour you and consume you. This is why last week I said don't dabble in the darkness. Don't even play with it. Don't even step into a shadow. Don't even mess with it because there are things that seek to destroy your soul. And I'm not even talking about eternity right now. I'm talking present tense. There are things that want to destroy your marriage. There are things that want to destroy your family. There are things that want to destroy your your workplace. There are things that want to destroy you in the present tense. This darkness is not only focused on eternity. This darkness is focused on now. Why? Because the, the brighter you shine, the less darkness there can be. So that darkness now wants to sift out your light. So we have to be careful as he warns us right here, beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers. So what does that mean? You don't, you're not even from here. You don't even belong here anymore. You're just waiting out your time here. He's encouraging you to say, hey, don't mess with things. You're not even from here. This isn't for you. This, these things in this world are not for you. To abstain from, fresh, uh, from fleshly lust. Why? Why are we abstaining? Because these things wage war against the soul. These things want to drag you away from the goodness of the Father. These things want to drag you away from your identity in Christ. Verse 12, keep your behavior excellent among unbelievers. Why, 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 why? So that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God on the day of visitation. Let me encourage you, live in the light, because no accusations against you can stand when everything you do is already in the light. doesn't matter how people badmouth you. It doesn't matter how people slander you. It doesn't matter how people come after you. When you are already living in the visible light, the truth will always be exposed. But why? Why do we live in such a way so that unbelievers may see your life and come to an understanding of the glory of God? So through the way we live, it illuminates the path to Jesus. But number one, in order to illuminate, we have to understand what is our identity. You have to know who you are and you have to change the way you speak about yourself. You also have to extend grace to yourself 
Because when you do miss the mark, you need to reevaluate. Why did I miss the mark? It's probably due to a broken identity issue in your life. Well, why did I fall in lust? Think back to who you used to think you were and correct it. That's not who I am anymore. Allow Holy Spirit to restore your identity. Many of you are living in condemnation because you never allowed the Holy Spirit to mend your identity. You fell in love with Jesus, but you didn't let Jesus do his work in your soul. Do do we hear what I'm saying? Because the fact of the matter is Christ did not come so you would be a sin manager. He did not even come so you would be stuck in sin consciousness constantly. Oh, I sinned. Now I got to repent. Now I got to. He did not come for you to be stuck in cycles of sin consciousness and sin management. He came so you would be a sin destroyer, a sin conqueror. And but this is not the gospel we preach in America. We preach it's everyone will continue to fall. And you know what? Christ has grace. Yes, he does have grace, but he did not come so you would continue to fall over and over and over. There's victory in Jesus. That is the gospel, that there's victory in Jesus. When we live in the light, no accusations can stand. And unbelievers, through the way we live, will see the light. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus makes a really big statement. In John uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, we find out that Jesus is the light that came into the world. Right? Jesus, yes, we would agree. Everyone agrees Jesus is the light. Jesus is the light. But Jesus now says... He's telling them, I'm not going to be here much longer. He continues through the Gospels. I'm not going to be here much longer with you. I can't stay with you forever. There will come a point where you have to carry on the ministry that I have started. And he addresses the people and he says, you are the light of the world. Your identity in Christ Jesus, you are the light of the world. I'm going to say this again because this is a huge mantle to take upon our shoulders and it should determine everything we do, everything we say, every action we take, every interaction we have in the workplace, every interaction we have with our spouses. Now that Jesus has given us the mantle, he says, you are the light of the world. So let let me encourage you in this today. Let me encourage you in this. Do not dim your light for other people because they're uncomfortable. Don't live beneath the means of what Christ created you for because other people are uncomfortable with how your light shines. Pause. We have lived in darkness because we have been afraid how the world was going to judge us. But Jesus says, you were not made a lamp to be put under a lampstand. You were not meant to be hidden, but to be exposed for the world to see. So every single one of you sitting in this room are now a light to shine in the darkness. But if we, the lights, dim our light, how can the world see Jesus? Why? Because now the gospel has been entrusted to you to take it to the world. So now if we're dimming that light because we're afraid of what people may think of us, we're afraid of what our family may, oh, well, that's not who you are. We know how, what you were doing last week. So we dim our light because we're afraid to be called a hypocrite. 
that actually our understanding of hypocrite is wrong. Being a hypocrite is not, is not calling yourself a Christian and falling. That's not what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is someone who's acting like something they're not. So next time someone calls you a hypocrite for slipping and falling, remind them that's not even what the word means, so be quiet. Don't let people make you live in condemnation because they feel guilty about themselves. I'm telling you, sin in the new covenant is not meant to be reigning over your head. You slip and fall, you miss the mark, recalibrate the scope and shoot at the target again. Or maybe you were shooting at the wrong target to begin with. Maybe you were shooting at a target that was never even created for you to shoot at. No wonder you can't hit it. It was below you. So the fact of the matter is that's not even what a hypocrite is. So next time you slip and fall, get back up, dust yourself off, take off that lamp, that lampshade and continue shining. Don't dim your light to make other people comfortable. And don't make excuses for yourself. Confess it and move on. Do not allow the shadows to encroach on you. I need, I need to say this again because, y'all, there's, there's so many Christians living beneath who we were made to be because we allow the darkness and the shadows to encroach on our light. At all costs, I'm going to say this again, at all costs, keep yourself pure. Y'all, I'm telling you, your mind is a precious, beautiful creation from God that was meant for great and mighty things. Why? Because your mind controls your words and your mind controls your actions. And when you waste your time on things that do not matter, things that are perverse, think, oh, well, you know, I'm free. Yes, you are free to do everything, but not everything's beneficial for your soul. I'm here to tell you, guard your soul at all costs. Some entertainment is not worth it. Some things are not worth exposing yourself to. You are worthy of such things. Keep yourself pure. You are valuable. You have worth. God has great plans for you. But the more we defile ourselves, the less easy it is to see the goodness he has for us. There's a standard of purity, not because we're prudes. Not because we're goody goodies, but because we are a new creation created for such things. And the reason sin is, is so, is so, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Enticing, beautiful to us is because we don't realize how low beneath us that stuff is. When you realize that you were made for, for filet mignon, you'll stop going to the little Japanese place down the road for $2 steak. When you, he said, come on, because he's hungry back there. Listen. When you realize that you are worth a $200 piece of prime rib, you'll stop eating the McDonald's rib McSandwich. But that's the difference. You got to allow the Lord to change your taste because you realize, hey, I'm a, I'm a higher level than this. I ain't the dollar menu. I'm the $500 menu. That's not who you are anymore. You got to allow the Lord through your identity to change your desires. The scripture that says the Lord will give you the desires of your heart is actually a mistranslation a lot of times. It's actually the Lord will give you desires in your heart. Listen to this. Many of us treat God like a genie because we want the desires of our own heart. But the fact of the matter is God says, no, I will give you the desires in your heart. We have to allow God to change our desires. Many of us can't stop watching that TV show because we're addicted to it. And oh God, I just, you know, it's not that bad. They're just having sex every scene. It's not that bad. They just drop GD every other sentence. And we make excuses for things we shouldn't. You're better than that. If you're having to make excuses for why you're doing it, you're better than that. 
If you don't want people to know it, you're, you're letting darkness encroach on you. Anything done in the darkness is anything you're ashamed of. Anything you don't want your church family to know about is things done in the darkness. But guess what? You don't got to stay there because that's not even who you are. You were not made for darkness. You were made for the light. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to encourage you that you were made for more than this. We have lived beneath our means for far too long as children of God. Man. If there's one thing we can learn about verse 16, let's, let's, verse 16. Your light must shine before all people. Ready? Your light must shine, it says, in such a way. So we have a standard for the way our light shines. You ready for this? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You cannot be lazy and properly be a light. Let your light shine in such a way. <laughs> in such a way that they see your what? Your good deeds. You cannot be lazy and do good deeds. When me and Kenneth used to literally go to the park every single Wednesday morning, yo, that was about that was about an hour and a half, two hours of our Wednesday mornings where we would then go out of our way to put our words into action. You cannot properly be a light and be lazy. Why? Because it says your light must shine in such a way. It's real easy to talk. It's really hard to do. This is why in 1 John 3, 18, John says, don't love just in, in word and speech, but in action and in deed. You were made for more than this. Point number two, Jay, can you turn to the next slide? The light, our armor, and our sword. John 1, 4 through 5 says this. John 1, 4 through 5 says this, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So number one, Jesus is the light. Don't get it twisted. The entire scriptures are about Jesus. All of eternity has been about Jesus. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the Lamb slain before the foundations of the world so that at the end of the world, all things can be reconciled back to the Father. Romans 5, everything that Adam did, Jesus undid. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Jesus has reconciled all things back unto the Father. It's always been about Jesus. Jesus is the light of men, and without Jesus, we cannot have light. Verse 5 says that the light, the darkness could not overcome his light. And I want to encourage you this. While the world may look dark, the light of Christ will never be put out. It may not understand it. The darkness may not be able to comprehend it. It definitely cannot conquer it. But I want to encourage you, as the world looks dark, know that the light of Christ still, still lives here. If you are alive, guess what? The light still lives. This is why it's so important to carry the mantle of children of light because when we acknowledge we are the light, we cannot lose hope. While there is breath in your lungs, there is hope. Why? Because you are the light of the world. And as long as you live, the darkness has not overcome it. And last time I checked, scripture says none of you will ever actually die. The light will never be overcome. And at the end, the light, y'all, Scripture says in Revelation that God's glory will illuminate the entirety of the earth. 
The darkness will never win. It never has. It never will. And in the end, the light reigns. Romans 13, 11 through 14. Romans 13, 11 through 14. I really hope you all write these down and then throughout your week you just abide in them. Starting in verse 11. Do this knowing the time that it is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. Y'all wake up. Wake up. Y'all, it's real easy to fall asleep when you're in the darkness. It's real easy to, to take a long nap in the dark. Trust me, a daddy of two I can fall asleep anywhere at any time. You dim the lights for two seconds, I am out cold. I'm telling you, the light is very, the, sorry, the, the darkness is very enticing for sleep. I'm saying this again. The darkness is very enticing for sleep. It's the same way in the physical as it is in the spiritual. When you allow that, that spiritual darkness to creep in, it's really easy to take a spiritual nap. It's real easy to fall asleep for a season and not live to the potential in which Christ made you. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. Amen? It's nearer. Every day is nearer. Every day we're getting closer. Verse 12, the night is almost gone. We're keying in on verse 12. We're keying in on verse 12. The night is almost gone and the day is near. What does that mean? The darkness is fading. The light is here. Therefore, let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day, not carousing in drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and debauchery, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to the lust. Let's dive into verse 12. Let's dive into verse 12, the latter part of this. Verse 12 says this, put on the armor of light. We're going to look at the Greek real quick so we get a good understanding of this. Put on the armor of light. To put on is the word indio. It's to sink into clothing, to put on, to clothe oneself fully from head to toe. This word armor is haplon. Ready? Arms used in warfare, offensive weapons, an implement or utensil or tool, literally or figuratively, especially offensive for war. Ready? Light, foes, is all that is good, righteous, and true. Can also mean enlightenment or revelation. So what is this passage saying? This passage is saying, clothe yourself from head to toe. Ready? In the armor. What is the armor? The armor is not actually a defensive tool. It's not, it's not to rescue you from the fiery darts of the enemy or to rescue you when they come at you with the sword. Listen, this is offensive armor. This is armor that when you attack, you can really attack. This is a sword in hand and an axe in the other hand. So what is this scripture saying? It says put off the darkness, but it doesn't say retreat from the darkness. It doesn't say run from the darkness. It says now clothe yourself fully in the offensive warfare. Now with the light rating off you, now you attack the darkness. Whoa, this scripture doesn't say you, you stay away from the darkness. This scripture says now you are on the attack against the darkness. So let me tell you this, Christians, because we have lived in defeat for far too long. You don't have to be besieged by darkness and be hunkering down, getting beat up by darkness. Actually, now in Christ Jesus, you are on the offensive. 
Scripture tells us the gates of hell can never prevail against the church. Actually, what that means is the gates of hell could never make forward movement against the church. And so the fact of the matter is we were never meant to be backing up in defense. Why? Because then the gates of hell are pushing forward. Actually, we were always meant to be on the offensive against it. You are not a sin manager. You are a sin destroyer. So when we put on the light, those things that used to beat us down, that used to attack us, that used to put us in cycles, we now conquer those things with the light and the beauty of it is is that God uses warfare to describe good and beautiful things he says put on the weaponry that destroys darkness put on the weaponry that destroys darkness what is the weaponry that destroys darkness goodness righteousness and truth so not only is this armor offensive now, now when the enemy tries to flank you and attack you from the back, man, you're, ra- you're illuminating, radiating his light. It can't even get to you anymore. For too long, y'all, we have dabbled with stuff because we didn't think we could be victorious over it. We allowed things to encroach on us because we never thought we could defeat it. We allowed this darkness to linger because we associated ourselves with sinners and not the saints of God. We thought because of the way we were living in the moment, it it defined us forever. We thought because we got stuck in a cycle of sin that we were sinners. Listen, not, not are we not only sinners, but God's wrath is against the sin, not you. Your sin harms you. Who knows this? Your sin has immediate consequences in this life. When scripture says that God's wrath is against sin, it's against sin because it harms his children. So a lot of the times, God, why are you against me? God's not against you. God's trying to purify you of things that are destroying your very soul. You are not a sin manager, but a sin destroyer. The light is your armor and your sword. Point number three, Jaden. Illuminate the path. As we've, we've been talking about going to this holiday season, I'm going to talk about three practical things we can do, three practical ways we can operate when we're, when we're in the midst of our families. Number one is be a peacemaker. Matthew 5, 9 says this. Matthew 5, 9 says this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. This holiday season, when your family's acting a little crazy, and listen, y'all know sometimes your family brings the worst out of you. Your family can bring out the flesh faster than any other human being can. And so if you slip and fall and miss your family and they call you a hypocrite, remind them that's not what... (laughs) William's looking at Eddie. (laughs) Listen, listen, if they call you a hypocrite, remind them that's not even what hypocrite means. Hypocrite does not mean you slip and fall sometimes. Remind them of this. But the fact of the matter is make peace. Don't make war. A gentle word can actually calm war, but a harsh word stirs up war. Proverbs. Proverbs is a good thing to live by. Be a peacemaker. When other people in your family start to cause fights and you see the darkness, what is that? Anger, rage, wrath, disunity diversity in the family, when these things start to happen, step in as a peacemaker. Step in. Step in. It's a lot, light up the path. Step in there, man. Be a peacemaker. Don't let your, listen, don't let your family rule in the holiday season over one little fight. 
especially if it's a lingering fight that's been lasting for a while. Y'all, make it your goal this holiday season to truly be a peacemaker. And if you were not before, change it this year. Number two is this, be servants. Matthew 5, 16, your light must shine before all people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Man, fix people's plates this holiday season. Throw away their trash. Give them the best seat in the living room. Give them your recliner you love so much. Give up things and show your family how much you care. Serve them. Go out of your way. Maybe buy them something nice over the holiday season. Just serve them. Show them that you are here for them. Show them that there is change in you, that there is light radiating out of you. But if you make it all about yourself, how can they possibly see your good works and glorify the Father? I think it's as simple as this. Let them choose what you watch on on Thanksgiving Day. Give, Give up some of your personal preferences for other people. Show them in the little things that you love them, that you care for them. And number three is this. Number three is this. He's like, hold up. We are watching football on Thanksgiving. (laughs) God, you people in the South love that football. All right, number three is this. Number three is this. Um, Oh, by the way, we found out that gators definitely eat chickens. So if y'all didn't know, in in the animal kingdom, gators eat chickens. And it just kind of manifested itself in the football realm yesterday. So... I think, I think Cocky and all his first cousins got eaten yesterday. So the whole Cocky family got taken out of uh, existence. <laughs> Them chickens sitting at the table of the Lord, cooked up. I'm just playing. <sighs> you see, I'm causing division so then I can bring peace. You see what I'm saying? Give me your example. Now I'll step in. God loves all the football teams. <laughs> We're all equal football teams in God's sight. All right. No. Number three is this, joy bringers. You're welcome. You see, I just got all my points in one. You're welcome. You're welcome. See, I'm making this thing very applicable for you today. Romans uh, 15, 13. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, if anyone should be full of joy, it's us. It's us. If anyone should be full of joy, knowing what Christ has done, knowing, coming to deeper revelation of the goodness, knowing that every day he cares for us, every day he provides for us, every day he's our mediator, every day he's our intercessor, every day, every single day. How could we of all people not walk in the joy and the hope of our salvation? And so listen, y'all, bring joy to your family this this holiday season. Have fun. Smile. Don't don't let the small things that usually get to you get to you. Don't be passive aggressive. Don't get people the silent treatment. Brush it off. Y'all keep, bring joy. Bring joy to your family. Let them know. Let them know why the joy is inside of you. Right, because the scripture says, right, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is inside of you. That hope produces joy. Why? Because we know that no matter what happens in this life, we have hope. And that brings immense joy into who we are. Will y'all please stand with me? I don't want to get no nasty emails later about that chicken comment, all right?
don't know. My goodness. Will you please raise your hands with me? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that's Willard. I'm like, I was like, that sounds a little bit, that sounds nice, it's a little bit jazz. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the identities you have given us in this new creation, which we are. That we are children of light, even though we may not always live like it, even though we may not always acknowledge it, it's who we are in Jesus. So, Father, I just pray that that we would get out of that mindset of being sin managers and we would truly be sin destroyers. That we would put on the armor and grab the sword of light every single day to battle the darkness. That we would be on the offensive and when we see the darkness encroaching, we would go to battle. We We would snuff it out right where it is. And, Father, we would be intentional to walk in our identity as children of light knowing that you made us for greater things than that, that these these worldly lusts are beneath us. They're false joys. It's false joys that grab you and hold you in bondage. So, Father, I just pray that you give us deeper revelation on changes we need to make in our lives because I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you what you need to do, but Holy Spirit, I pray today you would give us revelation in our hearts of things we need, maybe need to give up things we need to put aside, things that, that, that we can do because we're free, but they're not beneficial for our homes or our souls. That we would be intentional to illuminate the path, not just this holiday season, but every day of our lives, knowing that we are now the light of the world, shining the light of Christ, because through abiding in him, his light radiates out of us and we now illuminate the darkness. And so Father, I pray that as next week we go into the last week, that we would truly implement these things, that we would abide in you day by day, allowing that light just to resonate in us, to truly shine. And then we would be intentional to illuminate the darkness, that we would be on the offensive. We would be offensive in battle, not hunkering down, hoping that the battle goes away, but we would face it head on. And Father, I know you have great plans for all of your children. And Father, I just pray that we stop living beneath our means, beneath who we are, beneath who you made us to be. And then we go out to the world and tell them, you don't have to live this way anymore. God did not create you for such a life. Father, I just pray we would truly just be these children of light and that people wouldn't just listen to my words, but they would go and then they would just meditate on these throughout the week and allow Holy Spirit to give them deeper revelation and said things. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time to gather. In mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Pastor Betty, got food across the street. All right, food across the street, y'all. Thank you so much. Um, just, if some of you could, we need a little extra help on Saturday. We're getting.